welcome to Promo Insiders, a podcast from ASF Counselor Magazine. In this weekly series, we tackle the topics that matter most to the promotional products industry, from hard-hitting news to fun trends. I'm Sarah Lavendusky with Advantages Magazine, and today I'm joined by Logan Altman, Director of Customer Experience, and Jolene Pringle, a Customer Experience Liaison at Doing Good Works, a distributorship in Irvine, California. Doing Good Works is unique in that its primary mission is to benefit the fostered youth community in California through sales of brand and merchandise. And for their work, Logan, along with co-founder Jordan Bartlett and CEO Scott Henderson, were named the 2020 Best Cone Humanitarian Award winners at the Counselor Awards this past summer. Now, in this episode of Promo Insiders, Logan, Jolene, and I will be discussing the reality of managing Gen Z employees during long-term shutdowns and remote work. What do the youngest generation of team members find positive about this time? What's been challenging? And how can managers meet their needs head on? That is our topic. So Logan and Jolene, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. Of course. And just as a reminder, if anyone watching has a question or comment for our guests, please put it into the comment section and we will address it as time allows. So, of course, you know, we're on different coasts. So you're in California. I'm in Pennsylvania. We've been in various states of lockdown since like March, like St. Patty's Day, really. And I've been home full time since the middle of March. And I believe California is about the same with the shutdowns and restrictions. But so in an effort to stay healthy, you know, we're staying put. But we're also missing a lot of that important in-person interaction that helps build rapport among employees. And you can't really replicate it on uh, a video call, right? And if you're a newer employee, maybe you were hired early 2020 or you were hired during the pandemic, that's definitely a challenge of the current remote work reality. Now, Gen Z, born between 95 and 2012, that's kind of the time frame we go with, is the first digitally native generation. So they came of age after widespread adoption of our current like iPhone technology. And honestly, I'm a firm millennial, so I do remember a time when we had dial-up AOL for instant messenger. So the struggle was real. The struggle was real. So, so something like figuring out Zoom, you know, is not too much of an issue, right? But in an Advantage article that I put out last fall, and actually Doing Good Works was a huge part of that article, we reported that Gen Z also really likes frequent check-ins and face-to-face -face interaction, and they're not always buried in their phones. So that human interaction part has really been a bit stunted these past few months, obviously, kind of an understatement. And that's just not what we're used to. We're not built for that. We're not wired for that. The other aspect is that younger employees learn at their first job, like how to be an employee, right? How to work in a communal, multi-generational environment, how to collaborate effectively. And a lot of that stems from interacting in person with other team members, and it's hard to replicate that on video. So this has really been an adjustment for everyone, employers and employees. It's been a, just a challenging time. Now, Jolene, let's start with you. When did you start your job at Doing Good Works? What are your responsibilities? What does your day-to-day -day look like? And what did you find attractive about the company and the position considering the unique mission that it has? Um, yeah, so I love talking about Doing Good Works. <laughs> um, so I actually started at Doing Good Works. I volunteered at a Mount Sac Packout event over a year ago in September of last year. And from there, I met um, Scott, one of the co-founders, and we really headed off. And I said, hey, um, I'm about to graduate from college. I really need a job when I graduate. <laughs> and um, it kind of just moved from there. And I started as an intern um, doing all different kinds of things at Doing Good Works. Um, I helped start Purpose Printery, which is a foster youth 
run um, print shop through Doing Good Works. Um, and then from there, I moved to my customer experience role actually during the pandemic um, in June of this year. So it was definitely a crazy move, but something I absolutely love. Um, now I'm in customer experience with Logan and um, some awesome other team members where I take care of um, deals from beginning to end on the customer experience side. I, you know, I create those estimates. I source all the great promo items and from beginning to end, just make sure the purchase until it's in their hands um, runs very smoothly. So it's been really interesting. Yeah. Um, we started during the pandemic. We did, I did all my training actually for my current position through Zoom calls, which was very, very different, but it couldn't have gone better. To, um, my team was super supportive and I'm really grateful for that. That's great. Perfect. So, um, now, Logan, I know uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you was, um, you know, obviously we've talked about Gen Z's kind of tech strengths coming to play these past few months. But what have you found amongst team members is been the biggest challenge for Gen Z of remote work? Like the, te the technology may not be there, but uh, again, as we've talked about before, too, you know, Gen Z also appreciates face-to-face -face interaction, frequent check-ins. And as Jolene just mentioned, it, the onboarding was all remote and it was, you know, a little bit different. So um, they also want comprehensive onboarding, making sure that the company has their back. You know, they want to know that the employer cares about them. So what has this kind of looked like and how have you been addressing that in your team? Yeah, that's a great question. So as we've seen, you know, this whole pandemic has put us, you know, in our homes or in places that we're not often used to being in almost at a 24 seven level. And what we've certainly seen with Gen Z's is a lot of interaction um, face to face is how they're stimulated. And when you take that away, it's been a bit of a challenge. And so for doing good works ourselves, we've made it a very big priority to make sure that we have team meetings and team check-ins every week where we get everybody on at least a Zoom call. And as our team has been, I wouldn't necessarily say displaced, but throughout the rest of, of our you know typical Orange County hub, we've had folks go back home to Northern California, to the Inland Empire, to different locations across the United States. And to stay interconnected has been critical to keep everybody engaged. And so by us doing the weekly check-ins and allowing us to all see each other face-to-face, -face, it's been a really good supplement, but it hasn't necessarily um, taken, taken the lead over into, into that face-to-face -face interaction. We know it's a lot of the Gen Zs. We've seen, you know, when we work collaboratively, collaboratively in a group setting, or when we get to, you know, look at each other across the room and say, hey, come over here, I'd love to show you this and kind of walk you through it. Having that face-to-face -face interaction in person is so critical. And so we've had to try and supplement that over Zoom. And so when we've seen the interactions less and, and we've done less of those meetings, we've certainly seen the engagement from Gen Z go down. So we've certainly made it a priority to make sure that we have a weekly in at the very least where we get everybody on the Zoom calls, we interact, we see how everyone's weeks are going personally, what's going on in the business, what's going on in their lives to keep everybody engaged. And we've certainly seen um, from that challenge, certainly some resilience come out of that within this generation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's important, like you said, to um, like because you you have to figure out ways to supplement it. And I think a big part of that is that it can't just be all business. It has to be like a little bit of venting, a little bit of like what you're going through personally. You have to kind of like express that and let it out a little, let some of the pressure off. So yeah, I think that's that's a really important way that um, you can kind of supplement the the in-person interaction that's lacking. And um, Jolene, to jump to you, you know, what have you found is kind of the biggest challenge of of remote work? Like, what have you liked about it? Like, what have been some benefits of it, and what have been some some hard parts of it? Um, yeah, so it's definitely interesting. I feel like in the midst of everything, how sudden of a change is something that's so hard. You know, I strive on, 
I thrive on structure and um, it completely changes like my routine and my habits every day. Um, getting used to being home every day. And it's just, it's definitely a different environment. I was a comm major in college. So I definitely thrive on like personal interaction. And I know how important like communication and those like personal face-to-face -face interactions are. So it was definitely, I feel like that's definitely the hardest part. Um, but I do feel like we at Doing Good Works do a good job with the weekly check-ins. And I, we have an online platform, like a messaging platform where I feel like I literally am talking to like several people constantly throughout the day. We try to stay in really good communication. And like Logan said, it's definitely not a replacement for it, but at least it's we're still trying in that sense of trying to stay connected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you're right. I think that the sudden loss of routine is tough for everybody. It was literally like overnight. Like literally, it was like tomorrow, don't come in. And then <laughs> I haven't gone back since March. So yeah, it was literally overnight. Grab your stuff, grab your plants, get out. And it was like, right. So yeah, that and that was drawing for everybody. And I think we're still kind of dealing with because at the time it was like two weeks. You'll be home for two weeks. Oh yeah. You know, like yeah, I think just the long-term aspect of that has been wearing on everybody. Um, yeah. So now, um, Jolene, let's continue with you. So um I know one of the things that though anybody finds a little bit frustrating is kind of like the micromanaging, right? And like, because everybody is at home now, um, you know, keeping tabs kind of on what everybody is doing is a bit more challenging as well. But it sounds like when you have a strong team that you, you trust everybody, you know that they're getting the work done. The work is, uh, everybody is present and, and engaged because you can see it in the result and in, in what their work looks like at the end of the day, right? So, um, I know that you said, you know, the, the frequent check-ins have been really great, uh, trying to supplement the face-to-face -face interaction. But the other, the other part of that is you talked about the onboarding and what that has looked like for you remotely. Um, what, what did that kind of, uh, what was the form of that for you? What did it look like? How did doing good works meet that need for you when you were kind of like trying to learn your job and you were isolated, basically trying to learn it? Yeah, so you can go a little crazy in quarantine. Um, I have a four-year-old, so you can only talk to a four-year-old so much before you need some like adult interaction. So the onboarding was actually nice in a sense where um, we had like hours um, long Zoom calls, probably a two-week period where um, Logan and another great team member, Anna, would switch off and teach me kind of step-by-step step through the process of like what we do um, for an order or a deal, like from taking an estimate to creating like sales order, purchase orders, and taking me very step-by-step and come compartmentalizing it for me so it wasn't so much information at once um, we really did it step by step and slowly they made sure if I had any questions of course they were answered they were I had a lot of breathing room and they gave me like a lot of example rooms they kind of just like threw some stuff at me and said okay let's let's learn it together you know and so it was kind of like on hands but from home so it was still nice in a sense that I really got to learn the full experience um, so it wasn't lacking in the information sense even though I didn't get to be in the office learning Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, for, for Logan, um, as, as a part of the management team, when things like we had said were so sudden, how did you like, how did you pivot quickly to make sure that your, your uh, hires, especially your younger employees were getting the training that they needed, even though they were kind of isolated and by themselves and you were maintaining that, that connection? 
Well, so it's critical that you have a very strong infrastructure and we really rely here on our systems and making sure that regardless of if it was training in person or online, that we had a very strong system in place for onboarding. Um, and it just so happened to bode very well for us when the pandemic did shift because we had already had outlined how the roles were to look um, when, when moved into the customer experience world or whatever the mission side of roles that we had. We spent a lot of time over the last few years prepping to make sure that as we had new hires, that we had a great onboarding program set up in the system digitally. So it wasn't like you had to be slapped with a giant book and say, read this, that it was a step-by-step -step process that took place um, through virtual videos, through training notes, and in our CRM systems. So as we moved to that, that online world, and as Jolene mentioned, having to do those trainings, it actually was a really nice transition for us because it, it helped us to continue to use technology to the full extent in how we wanted it to be. As an organization that's a benefit corporation, we're always trying to see the, the greenest methods of going about it and you know playbooks and things of that nature when they're all printed out. One, it doesn't do any good for the environment, but it often gets tossed to the side. So breaking it up into different departments and breaking it up further into different training platforms had allowed us to be able to pivot and continue to move forward as we move into that pandemic digital age to keep folks engaged and on a daily training basis. So like when Jolene was being onboarded, Every day was a different step, and we didn't want to over overwhelm and overboard somebody with an eight-hour training. It was, hey, we're going to take an hour today and focus on a specific portion of it, get some feedback, get some engagement, and then do some training um, and examples off of that. And so that way, um, everybody going through that process felt comfortable before they moved on to the next step. And so it was really about like a two-week onboarding program from Jolene to move into that customer experience role. And we really had fun replicating that and seeing great success in breaking it up. So that way you don't feel overwhelmed when you're doing it, especially digitally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like Zoom fatigue is for real, right? right? And and I know last year when we uh, put that Gen Z article together, that was really important. One of the experts we talked to said it's more like just-in-time learning, right? Like you're, you're kind of like what you need. You don't want to have, uh, like you said, you don't want to have like a huge dictionary size handbook that has every possible scenario for every single job. It's like, that's not the point. The point is that this is your job. This is specifically what you'll need. And like you said, you kind of break it down. So you fight the fatigue a little, but then it's also like what exactly you need for your job. Cause we're also used now to like, if there's something we want to learn, we literally put it into YouTube and find out, right? Like we we're not going to be sitting through like an eight hour, like, like a uh, classroom session anymore. It's just not how we do things. So um, yeah, the, the piece by piece aspect of it, I think is very, very key here. And we actually do have a comment from Noelle Young. She says, okay, so she was asking for both of you, what did you need at home that you would have had at work? And then what do you have at home that you wish you could take when you go back to the office? So kind of like, what are the things that you like to have like at the at home that you wish you had in the office and then what vice versa? What would you have switched? So I'll start, I would say, um, for us, it's kind of corny, but the in-person interaction is something that we wish that we could have at home. As I mentioned in the last um, comments, the big thing about our organization is to be as technologically advanced and all of our systems online just for that reason, to be able to operate on a national scale, um, but then throughout this pandemic, make sure that we have every resource at our fingertips to be able to operate at the highest level as possible. So I certainly, uh, speaking to myself, the one thing that we can't 
can't get at home is the face-to-face -face interaction in person, the camaraderie, the ability to come together into the meeting room and strategize over how we're going to leverage this to make a social impact. That We have that availability on Zoom, but it just doesn't meet the face-to-face -face demand. But having the systems all online has given us every tool and resource needed to be able to succeed, regardless of if you're here, uh, overseas, or in a pandemic. I don't know, Jolene, if you have anything to add to that as well. <laughs> yeah, um, so I, I totally agree. The personal interaction is probably number one for me that I wish I could have at home. It's definitely different than being in. I used to love going into the office. Logan would often bring his dog in, Kyle. Oh. Just, <laughs> <laughs> we would all have lunch together. And you, know, you just miss those moments of like really bonding with your team and having that personal interaction. Um, and also, I just miss having like a desk to sit at. Um, I feel very displaced at home. Most of the time, I sit on my bed try to do work and it's not good for my back it's just very it's very different i should probably invest in a desk for myself by now but <laughs> we're all hoping it'll end soon right 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 <laughs> so yeah it's definitely different um and what i would take back to work um i don't know maybe a heated blanket maybe oh, the yeah. having mm. that out, maybe bring a little bit back to the office when we go back i like that idea <laughs> yeah, I like just having, I mean, we have at ASI, we have like a, a coffee shop, so it's kind of nice, but I, I love having like a coffee maker nearby where you just like, yeah. just like make a quick little cup in the middle of the day. Like that's like, I've, I've been loving that. I'm going to really miss that when we go back. Yeah. Um, so now uh, to, to finish up, just uh, to start with Jolene, you know, for um employees, I'm sorry, employers that have Gen Z employees, whether they were, uh, they've been with them since before the pandemic, or they were hired during, what would be like a, a, a piece of advice or two that you would give them if they're like, hey, you know, I, I have this, um, th this uh, employee in this demographic, you're part of that group too, what would, advice would you give me for kind of managing them through this time? Um, for anyone in for Gen Z, hiring Gen Z, I would definitely say, you know, just add structure to the job, make sure the communication is very strong. And, you know, also kind of be fun and creative in the ways that you connect your employees and your team. Um, because that's really going to be what's important at the end of the day. Like you said, that's what's really going to engage them and give the motivation to do the job at the end of the day is when you can really connect people from all different areas and places over when we're not together to still feel like we're together in the in the team aspect so mm -hmm. that's yeah well said that's a great point and and Logan what would you say for em employers who are kind of managing their teams through this time uh, 100% make sure that you have your systems in place if you haven't already moved to the to the technological side of things and you're not doing anything online that's the way to go um, as I've evolved in my career I've gone from stacks of papers and purchase orders to you know moving them from files to files now is a better time than ever to make sure that you've got a good customer relationship management tool online that you not only can work through projects, but also assign tasks, calendar invites out of, and make sure that you're leveraging systems as best as possible. As, as Jolene mentioned, structure is critical, especially when, when working with the Gen Z population. And if your structure internally isn't as strong as it should be, that ultimately has an effect on, I, I truly believe not only them, but the entire workforce. So take this time to really t hone in on your technology, on your systems, and make sure that you're leveraging it as strong as possible, not just throughout this pandemic, but as we move forward, um, I really believe that it's going to continue to be a critical way to operate your business as we move into, uh, into years to come. 
Well said. Well, thank you. That was a nice ribbon on the on the box that was this podcast. So thank you so much for uh, uh, being with us today, Jolene and Logan. And for more information on changes in the workplace because of the pandemic, please head to asicentral.com slash news. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you.